0: On the ground, bringing you stories from every corner of the globe on Times Radio. Yeah, we haven't really strayed that much further from Washington because today we're in Mexico with Times correspondent John Bonfilio. Uh, welcome back, John. Always a delight to talk to you, although I think you're in slightly difficult circumstances. I don't know how close you are to this, um, this uh, volcano that's been uh, exploding, um, but I know millions are being told to prepare to be evacuated.
1: Yeah, not just the, I mean, almost one of the most complicated things about the eruption of this volcano is pronouncing its name, Popocatepetl, a volcano which takes a degree in linguistics to pronounce.
0: I'm so relieved Uh, you did that for me, John. I've been practicing (laughs) and practicing and in the end I thought there's no way I'm going to get that out.
1: It's just southeast of Mexico City. Uh, it was actually dormant for a long time and then in the 90s then became active again. But generally it's, uh, it's a big issue because it's considered to be one of the most dangerous on earth because 25 million people live within 60 miles of it, just southeast of Mexico City. But also there are two major conurbations uh, across the other side. Puebla and Cuernavaca also have millions of people. And as of last Friday... There's been a series of eruptions spewing lava and ash. Well, actually, not lava. Incandescent fragments is what the experts are telling us is is what we're seeing. Uh, airports have been uh, temporarily closed. 1,200 flights in Mexico City alone have been affected. The army The army's been mobilised. Schools have been closed, and we're currently on yellow. Uh, yellow alert level two, uh, John, one away from red.
0: How big is the radius of, of of the volcano's eruption zone, if you will? I mean, you say that some twenty five million people live in a sixty mile radius of the volcano. What's the danger zone within that?
1: I mean, the danger zone is does very definitely include Mexico City, which is why Claudia Sheinbaum, the the, the mayor of Mexico City, is at pains to say that currently what is being experienced and the likely the likelihood of um, difficulty that citizens uh, have to uh, account for is just ash falling. So it's definitely an unspoken, but the very fact that the government has opened up and is developing new evacuation routes from that entire area tells you that in a very much worse case scenario, it could affect all three of those uh, cities in which we are talking about you know, scores of millions of people.
0: My goodness. Well, they haven't thought of a a use, a scientific use that could stop the volcano erupting. But I know that the Mexican agriculture industry are trying to create their own rain. So maybe it's only a matter of time we can cross our fingers. But tell me about the rain creation.
1: Yeah, this is Mexico's agriculture ministry, which has embarked on a cloud seeding program because Mexico is currently suffering. Uh, from extreme drought. And actually, there is a link to volcanic activity because often you get thunderstorms in and around volcanic eruptions which are related to the same particle, the silver iodide particle, which is seeded into clouds, which attracts... Uh, moisture. Only problem is, critics say that this only works with existing clouds. It doesn't form clouds, so we don't actually know whether you know that actually generates rain or not. And it just gives the truth of the fact that water is a massive issue. I mean, globally, but very much in Mexico, not just in terms of rains, but also depleted groundwater reservoirs. A lot of reservoirs are at their lowest rates. Uh, lowest levels in recorded history. And the Water Advisory Council has said that this is likely to lead, if it hasn't already, to social and economic conflict uh, in the country. So, yeah, desperate, desperate times, desperate measures.
0: Indeed. And just finally, before you go, I think Mexico has finally begun allowing uh, its citizens to legally identify as their true selves, as it were. They're issuing non binary passports. Does that put them in a very small minority?
1: Um, interestingly, I mean, there's definitely not a huge number of countries, 16 countries legally recognise uh, non-binary uh, individuals. Uh, Mexico is one of them, in Latin America, Colombia, Chile, Uruguay, uh, also more broadly, U- USA, Canada, Ireland also issue passports uh, where you mark as, as non-binary with with an x i guess in a in a sense it might be seem counterintuitive because of the conservative catholic nature of mexico but actually socially and personally it's always been very progressive, and certainly this administration uh, is, is also at pains to be inclusive. I think it's also worth saying that the inclusivity component isn't just gender-based, but it's also related to the huge numbers uh, and variety of indigenous communities that there are in Mexico, and, and so that there's a broader move towards inclusivity. The Foreign Minister, Marcelo Ebrard, when issuing the first non-binary passport last week, said that all rights, rights of all people, must be guaranteed for all identities and that diversity enriches us all.
0: Well, my goodness, if it wasn't for the erupting volcanoes and the lack of rain, maybe we should all move to wonderful, forward-thinking Mexico. Uh, but <laughs> but you put me off, I'm afraid, John, for this week at least. Uh, very good of you to join me uh, to talk about all things happening on the ground in Mexico. That was The Times correspondent there. If you're a digital subscriber to The Times and Sunday Times, you'll know that John's The Times correspondent there. You'll also get access to a whole range of daily newsletters,